Praise the Lord and good morning. We've been running all over the place today doing church. And so this is number three. So you know what that means, right? The first one was kind of warm up. Second one was awesome. This one's going to be unbelievable. But yeah. So we have a lot to say and a lot to do today. And so I just want you to keep in mind uh, James chapter two. And this is really the beginning of my message and the sermon today. It's just going to be illustrated uh, through everything that is said and done. Everything you're about to hear is the truth. And um, this is our 33rd year in Teen Challenge, me and this one. 33 years married, 33 years in Teen Challenge. We've, uh, we've literally seen the Lord set thousands of people free. People always ask us, why do you do this? How do you still do it? It's because uh, people are dying. And people are dying here and need Jesus. And that's why we're doing it. And so we just praise God. Um, and we're grateful to be here today. And James chapter 2 basically is faith uh, without works is dead. James later on says it's like a body without a spirit. Faith has to have some action with it, some hands and feet. And so what you're going to see in here today is really the result of, of our labor before the Lord and, and also a vision for what uh, we want to see the Lord do here in your midst. So I'm going to introduce it to my beautiful better half. Amen. Can you believe it? She's like, she looks like she's 21. How can we be together 33 years? It's a miracle. It's unbelievable. I'm the luckiest man that ever. Anyway. Oh, can we do that again? <laughs> Clover Hill. Wow, it's been four years since we stood before you, and I shared Beauty for Ashes Women and Children's Home for the first time. And we had just acquired the property, and we're going into renovations, and you became the hands and feet of Jesus, and you met very practical needs on the property and helped us with small groups that came out, your life groups, individuals came out after that at different times, laid floor, painted renovated a garage into a, a beautiful office space and provided funds so that we could move forward with some of the county code issues that we had. Had you not, we probably still wouldn't be open. So thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus in Fredericksburg, Virginia at Beauty for Ashes Women's and Children's Home. We opened in 2015, mid-2015, and many families have come through mother and child. We're serving women who specifically struggle with drug addiction but even more specific than that, they're, they're moms. And more times than not, women will not separate from their children in order to get help because that's the one thing that they love and that loves them back unconditionally. And there are a few places that have homes for women with children. So there's not much opportunity for moms with children and then moms don't like to leave their children so they won't go into, into assistance without their child. Beauty for Ashes has had moms and children now since 2015, and I have one of our beautiful moms here today. I got a text message from one of our graduates this morning. She's here in Richmond. She's from Richmond. She came into our program and just graduated this past June. She was with us for eight months and then re did reentry here in Richmond and graduated. I got a text message from her, and she has two beautiful children, and she is sharing her testimony at a church this morning in three services and a thousand people will hear the good news and the love of Jesus Christ and how she was set free from the addiction and bondage and bondage that is with addiction. So just to God be the glory, great things he has done. She's sharing as we're sharing, which is amazing. The one thing that is common with the women that come to our program is um, the stigma of addiction and the shame that goes along with it. And I can tell you that when the women walk through the front door, Beauty for Ashes, 
that shame and that judgment disappears because of the love of God that is on the other side of that door. You know, the perfect love of God, when you cooperate with it, God does supernatural things in your life. And that's what happens at Beauty for Ashes. The little girl's voice that you heard on the video at the end, Jesus lives at Beauty for Ashes, that's Veda Lynn, and this is her mommy. So Veda Lynn knows that Jesus lives at Beauty for Ashes, and this mom is walking in the power and authority that Jesus Christ has set her free, and she's leading her child into a destiny together. To God be the glory. And she has taken authority, and she is proclaiming the good news of Jesus everywhere she goes. And she's now interning with us, and will be graduating mid-November, and we've already placed reentry plans in place for her to be reunited with her family, whom God has healed, and all those bridges have been built, and God is doing great things in their family. So I want her to come and share a little bit about her journey. Hi, my name's Lauren. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm 25. Um, I started using heroin um, at 18, so about eight years ago, and it ruined everything that I've ever wanted. Everything that I had at that point and have had over the years, um, it's taken from me and just completely destroyed any hope that I had for a future. Um, all the dreams that I had as a kid growing up, um, it just completely robbed me of all of that. And um, I tried a couple times to get clean. I was in maintenance programs, therapy programs, everything that I could think of um, to get help, and nothing ever worked. Um, so I had pretty much given up over the years of getting clean, I accepted that I was probably going to die a drug addict, and I got um, disturbingly okay with that at one point until I found out that I was pregnant in 2013. And um, by the grace of God, I pulled myself together um, enough for my daughter to have her and be clean the first couple months of her life. Um, but I was still so broken, and that love. Um, if you're a parent, you know that that love is insane, but it wasn't enough, unfortunately, um, for me to stay sober. So for the first couple years of her life, I was a complete mess. <laughs> um, and the stigma, like Pastor Cindy was saying, that goes along with being a drug addict and a mom is um, the most shameful um, and just guilty thing that um, I have ever experienced and probably will ever. Um, getting clean at that point seemed like a waste. I felt like I wasn't ever going to be a good enough mom. And so I deteriorated. Um, my addiction completely spiraled out of control. And last October, everything kind of caved in. Um, my daughter's father and I were getting evicted from our apartment. Um, CPS had gotten involved. We were going to lose custody of, of Veda Lynn. Um, her dad was um, going to be going to prison. And I just thought, I can't do this anymore. And so um, on the way to the courthouse, well, I contacted Beauty for Ashes, and I went through their whole process. And um, I was reluctant to go at first. It wasn't my first choice. I didn't want to 
leave the state and for that long. And so right before I came, um, I had to go to court um, to come. And on the way to the courthouse, I prayed and I asked God if that wasn't where I was going to get clean or if I was going to relapse at some point after completing the program, please don't send me there. Don't waste these people's time. Don't let me take my daughter away from her family like that. And I walked into that courthouse, and immediately upon entering, my lawyer said, here's the paper. You can go. And the past eight months that I've been at Beauty for Ashes have been really, really hard. Um, I've had to face things that I've never faced before, feelings that I've never had to feel before, be a mom without drugs, which is hard <laughs> when that's all you've ever known. But it's also been the most rewarding experience of my entire life. Um, I have plans today for a future. I have hopes of a career and a life that I've never had before. Um, I look at my daughter today and I know that I'm a good mom to her and that she can grow up in a good home and she doesn't have to be caught in this web of addiction anymore. And it's all because of God and it's all because of what he ordained at Beauty for Ashes and Teen Challenge and um, people like Pastor Mike and Pastor Cindy that um, can reach down and help people like me. So now I just, I can stand here and say that I'm not an addict anymore. I can stand here and say that I'm a good mom today and a good friend and a good daughter. And that's all because of the love of Jesus Christ. Good job. Good job. Beauty for Ashes and Teen Challenge works because it's Jesus. Teen Challenge actually has never saved anyone. It's Jesus right there. That's what Teen Challenge is, and it's the reason that it does work. So these guys and these gals are saturated with Jesus 24-7. Imagine if we were to lock the doors. Right, this is kind of freaking some people out. We want to lock the doors, and you never want to leave. That's Teen Challenge, right? It's just the church you, you live at, and you're fed the word of God every day. I just wanted to take the opportunity to say I'm very proud of you, Lauren. You're doing an awesome job. I'm very proud of TJ, who I'm going to introduce here in a second. And the guys and the gals are here this morning. You guys want to wave? There you go. Gals are here. I'm proud of all you guys. Um, Lauren said it. The guys who are fighting right now know it best. They're in the middle of it. You guys pray for them. They need the, the support through the power of the Spirit. Be covered in prayer. Um, but it's not easy. You know, Lauren said it. It's not easy. And so TJ knows that firsthand. He, he came through, uh, through uh, the men's home, um, and he was literally dead, as we'll share here in a second. Um, but although it seems impossible to the world, right, all things are possible through Jesus, through, through Jesus, right? All things are possible. And we're more than conquerors um, through Christ who strengthens us. And um, just very thankful for TJ. I'm very proud of him. He's, he's, God's doing amazing work in this young man's life. So, um, so I'm TJ, I'm 23 years old, and two years ago, April 2015, first off, I should say, I shouldn't even be, I shouldn't be up here right now standing and testifying this in front of you guys, because I should be dead. Um, so I was homeless at 20 years old, my parents just, they had to get me out of the house, they said, they said I can't watch my son just deteriorate in my house and just, just die on my couch, you have to go out, I can't watch this, so they kicked me out of the house, um. I was homeless at 20 for six months, just bouncing from where I, wherever I could stay at the time. Till at the end, I was calling for 
I was texting my little brother off Wi-Fi in some random spot saying, I have to get, like, shelter. I need to sleep somewhere. And he said, okay, I'll throw a pillow and a blanket out. You can sleep in the back seat of my car. So I, he threw out the pillow and the blanket, and um, as I was sleeping that night, I woke up the next morning, and I said, I, I said to myself, uh, I'm going to finish off whatever I have left. This is, this is all I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. It wasn't much, but I didn't know at the time it was cut with this drug called fentanyl. And I, I woke up that morning, and I, I did whatever I had left. And that's all I remember. I just remember going black and, like, paramedics just opening the door, like, screaming my name, like, TJ, 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 stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. And, like, I just, I guess I went back out, and I woke up at the hospital then. And my family just, I don't, my dad lived two and a half hours away at the time, so I must have been out for a while. He was in the emergency room with his best friend crying. I've never seen my dad cry, and they're just surrounding my bed as I lay there as I come to, and it was, I, I can't even explain the feeling I felt laying in that bed watching my family just crying around me, so I came to Teen Challenge in April 2015, I completed the year-long program there, um, and God just spoke to me through the whole program, was like, hey, like, you can do this, and when you do it, I'm going to use you, so I just kind of followed through in, in obedience with him, and this door opened up to do an internship, so I did the year-long internship with Teen Challenge, and now it's just where, where, what's next, God? I'm I'm all in, so I'm following God wherever He's taking me. So, thank you. Jess, come on up. So we are part of what today is is um, we're going to give honor to to uh, Dave and Elizabeth Huffman for taking Teen Challenge as far as they did non-residential, getting the ground going. Love them, love them to death, and. Um, just want to introduce um, Jordan Cruz to you, who is actually my son-in-law, and this is my daughter Jess, who um, is feeling called to um, to come on down and uh, break the ground for residential. And we don't know what that means. We we we're trusting God for land, buildings, but it's time for us to have a house here, right? Amen. It's time for us to have a presence, a physical presence. And so. Um, I'm going to let him share for a few minutes, and then I want you to stretch your hands out. We're going to pray an anointing over this project, and that if we can save a life, we can save a life. Amen? One life. One TJ, one Lauren. That's what it's all about. So, Jordan? So, the story of Teen Challenge was in 1958, David Wilkerson. Ever heard of David Wilkerson? He decided to turn off his TV and pray. And can you imagine what was on TV in 1958 that he felt led to turn off and pray? Uh, but in his prayer time, he noticed the Time magazine, and one day, he noticed the Time magazine on his coffee table, and on the cover were nine gang members on trial in New York City for the murder of a young boy named Michael Farmer. And in his prayer moment, he felt the Holy Spirit say, Dave, go help those boys. And so he did. He was a rural Pennsylvania, small country church preacher, 28 years old, goes to New York City with a Bible, barges into a courtroom, makes a complete you know, scene, gets thrown out. And long story short, Teen Challenge is birthed. And since then, there's now almost 2,000 centers all over the world and almost 200 centers in the United States. Yet there's never been a proper Teen Challenge, residential Teen Challenge in Richmond. And so, you know, we hear a lot about drugs in the news today. We, you read it in the newspaper, you see it everywhere. People are, young people are dying, right? Um, and, and Pastor Mike's been around, and Sister Cindy, they've been, they've been around longer than anybody who's still doing Teen Challenge today. They've been in it longer than almost anybody across the uh, country, and in fact, the world, who's actively still doing it. There's a high burnout rate in Teen Challenge because it's hard. 
and you'll hear a little bit more about that in a second with Pastor Mike in his sermon, but uh, we believe that the answer was then as it is now. It's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and we believe that's what the cure to, to all of our issues is, especially addiction, which is very complicated, very tough. It's a sin problem. That's why we believe, again, that it's Jesus that cures it. He cures all of sin, and when the world is wringing its hands, not knowing what to do with the problem, the problem, uh, the solution is the same to the same problem that goes all the way back, and it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so that's the message, that's the, that's the hope that we have um, to come down here and to start this thing. Um, I'm not mo- much of a, a social media uh, person, but my wife, she is, she's, this is Jessica, she's like a social media guru, so at the end of the video you saw, you know, the hashtag Hope804, and that's just an attempt, because that's how pe- young people, especially people today, we communicate on that. And uh, that, so you'll see that around. It's today is the the official like announcement. This was something that we believe God was putting in all of our hearts here, all four of our hearts, in fact, in some ways, back in December. And we've we've been talking to your awesome pastor, Pastor Stan Grant. Matt, major major respect to him. He's just awesome pastor. Amen. Can we give respect to that? Right. And he was sharing with us. He was sharing with us about your church and the foster care that you guys do, and the other ministries and the homes you guys have. And we had lunch and met his family. It's just awesome. And we all are in agreement with this thing that it's time. It's time to, to, to do a teen challenge, proper teen challenge in Richmond, Virginia. So you'll see that hashtag floating around there. Look for that, Hope804. But more importantly, I believe that today is a day where God may be speaking to some key people. And it begins in your church. Um, as, as Pastor Mike said a, a minute ago, this is the church that's been key for the teen challenge in Richmond so far with Dave Huffman and some others who've been doing the non-residential. So I believe today is a day that God will be touching some people, leading some people um, to direct, to guide in this process. Uh, I'm only 29 years old. Dave Wilkerson was 28. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm being led by the Lord. And that's and, and I would have had the opportunity is over the last seven years being involved with Teen Challenge Ministry and looking at this row right here. That's the only reason I, I have hope is that I've seen God do what he's done in TJ's life. And I've seen it done over and over. Where's Steve? The, the work that he's done in that means I can just go down the, ro- ro- the row and, and, and testify. We're, we, we overcome by the word of our testimony in the blood of the Lamb, right? And it's the word of our testimony. I can go down the list of the men that are filling that whole front row, and that's what gives me hope that the Lord is, is going to do something in this city that's overrun with, with the, everything that's associated with drugs because it, it affects families. It affects the community. It affects the government. It affects everything. And so we're coming here to establish a teen challenge. And when you get a teen challenge, it's more than just a Christian rehab. And that's the kind of the, 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 the little people that think they attribute it. Which really, it's an evangelistic outreach ministry of the church. It's about awareness. It's about prevention. It's about street ministry. It's about bringing people in. So it's more than just, you know, a Christian rehab, as people might think of it. And that's what I believe the Lord is, is about to do, is doing, um, right here among these people. So thank you. Appreciate you guys this morning. Can you stand with me and let's stretch our hand out toward this couple and this is the official, official launch and your pastor is thrilled about all this, behind it 100%. Father, we just um, lay hands on Jess and Jordan. We speak over them, the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. You are the way maker, Lord. And we are all here standing today on this day as witnesses There is an absolute drug epidemic in this area. We believe that you're calling us to just be a light, just make a difference. And so we just speak land, buildings, finances, 
Let it all come together, Lord. You're, you're, you're a pioneering God. You're a God who creates something out of nothing. And so just we, we touch and agree, we stretch forth today for a double portion of your anointing to fall on Jordan and on Jess to take this, this baton from David and Elizabeth and move it further on. Move it further on to grow it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So it's been illustrated. And uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I just want to walk through some scripture with you. Um, the book of John in chapter 11, in verse 43. And when he had said this, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, not to him, to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the ministry that the Lord has called us to so many years ago. You know, I, it's, it hurts me to know that there are people, young people especially, in the, especially in the surrounding counties of Richmond that are dying, literally dying, every single day. In your papers, in, and it's interesting because we travel a lot, it, and it's not just unique to your area. It's everywhere. It's an epidemic. We believe that it's not, uh, an, Teen Challenge is not an outward type ministry, whereas uh, we bring you in, we get you cleaned up, we get you detoxed, we start working on your body, and then we work our way in. That's not how we roll. We roll... Your drug addiction is a heart issue and a sin issue. And there's a reason why you're using it, mostly because you have a broken heart. And so we straight on in and start to just unwrap, right, unwrap. The way that God uses people is just unbelievable. I mean, Jesus was Jesus, right? Martha said, Lord, by now his body stinketh in the King James, right? Four days dead and gone. This is a disgusting job, Lord. Can't you just get your finger and, like, I dream a genie him? Can't you just get your finger and roll away the stone? The Lord calls and uses people. He said to the people there, move the stone. He said to the people there, unwrap Lazarus. Lazarus was stinky, y'all. He was funky. He was nasty. That's a nasty job. Lord, you're calling me to unwrap a dead man so that he can be loosed and let go. This is the ministry that the Lord has called us to. And it is definitely not glamorous at times. But how can you put a price tag on Lazarus being raised from the dead? Lazarus' moment is, is one of the most key moments in the entire scripture because it was after this that the scribes and the Pharisees said, not only do we have to kill Jesus, we have to kill Lazarus as well. The, the power of the testimony is so important that not only do we have to kill Jesus, we got to get rid of Lazarus too. Stinky hands, right? Stinky hands. Christians aren't real good at that. Ouch. So I'll be 53 in like two weeks and a Christian since I was four. 
since I got convicted by the Holy Spirit, threw myself down at the altar and confessed all my little sins. So I've been in this thing my whole life. Christians aren't real good at getting stinky hands. They're just not. We'd rather just sort of lay back and pray for that thing. So secondly, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 10. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan, and you know it well. I'm not, don't need, I need to go through all of it. It's just, just want to point out some key things to you. We have a man who was bleeding and dying on a road. We have an attorney who's trying to trap Jesus as to who his neighbor is. And Jesus goes into this story about a man who is half dead, half alive, like TJ. Drug addicts are not alive in their spirit. They're walking dead. They're dead inside. It's a terrible, terrible condition to be in. Like this man who was bleeding and dying on a road, Jesus begins to tell this story about him being robbed and being in poor condition. And then you know the story of Good Samaritan. The Bible says, came to where the man was, saw his need, and bandaged his wounds. Now how are you going to bandage somebody's wounds without getting bloody? Sometimes the Lord calls us to bloody hands. It's not a real glamorous thing. I'm going to scoop this guy up, and I'm going to try to fix him up as best I can, but it means me getting some of him on me. And so, look, my wife said to me one day, I want to start a home for women and children. I was like, yeah, that's great, babe. You go ahead and do your thing. I'll be over here and help you raise money. But I didn't really realize how it was going to affect me until uh, last year we had a young lady come into uh, Beauty for Ashes, and I got a call one night, and we had a volunteer. It happened to be my sister, and she was, she's looking out the window, and she's saying to me, Mike, Cindy asked me to call. you got to get over here right away. Cindy's outside with Jess, and there's a girl. She's six months pregnant, and she's having a miscarriage. And she had been struggling and would labor all day, been to the hospital. They sent her home, and it was nine degrees out. It was February, nine degrees. And basically, they were, my wife and my daughter were trying to get her to the hospital, and she took two steps out the front door of the house you saw in the video and collapsed, and her water broke, and the baby came out. The baby was coming out. And so my sister was actually just sobbing and crying, and, and I said, well, what, you, what do you see? And she said, well, I see Cindy. She's behind this girl, and she's rocking her and just praying for her, and the girl's just saying, I don't want my baby to die. I don't want my baby to die. And then I see Jess at the other end, and I guess she's just going to be there to, to get this baby. And so I was like, oh. Yeah, kidding me. So I get in my car, so I'm on my way over to BFA, and when I get there, the ambulance is already gone, and uh, Cindy's bypassing the ambulance on the way there, and she called my cell phone, and she, she some, an unbelievable miracle happened, that when this little baby came out in nine degrees, two pounds, I think he was like 11 inches, he opened his eyes and looked at Jess. He was alive, and they were able to wrap him up real quick and get him in the ambulance, and he lived. He's alive right now. He's a toddler. He's alive. The baby is alive in there. It's an unbelievable story. I can't even believe that I'm in this story. It's so unbelievable, and that my daughter caught this baby, and that my wife was there, and that it was a, a miscarriage prep that turned out to be a miracle from God. And I, I remember my wife saying to me, look, I'm going to need you to, to, uh, to clean that blood up there on the front steps of BFA. And I was like, uh, okay. So I got up there, and it was frozen. And there was stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a guy. I'm a dude. I like, I don't even know how to spell placenta, but that might be one. Froze solid. 
And I'm out there trying to chisel this mess up, and I'm saying to myself, Lord, what in the world did you call us to? I'm 50 years old. Are you kidding me? Sometimes the Lord calls us to do things that are deep beyond us so that, so that people's lives can be saved. When we were here four years ago, my wife was sharing about Beauty for Your Ashes. We didn't know any of that was going to happen. We dedicated that property literally 10 feet from where that baby was born. Stood there on that same sidewalk and preached and all these people dedicated. And just like less than six months later, a baby was born right there. It's, this is what God does. And look, I'm not, I'm not pressuring you, right, to get bloody hands. I'm just saying, sometimes your hands got to get stinky for the kingdom. Sometimes they got to get bloody for the kingdom. And sometimes you can just use your hands to do whatever God's called you to do. Here's the truth. I'm standing here right now because of three people. Three people. I got a 10-minute missionary window in Fairfax, Virginia, 15 years ago. I had an attitude. 10 minutes? Are you kidding me? A guy came up to me after I got done, and he said, while you were talking, the Lord talked to me. Because we didn't have anything. We're pioneers. We, did, we didn't have anything. And we had guys from Teen Challenge living in our home. And he said, I need to pray. Two months later, he called my cell phone on Christmas Eve and said, the Lord told me to release a million dollars to you. God can use your hands to write a check. We have a multi-million dollar property at Beauty for Ashes. God's using a family there to sort of mesh with our ministry to make things happen. Look, even in this story, the man couldn't do it all, didn't do it all. He ended up taking him to an inn, which is sort of like what we do, and just saying, look, I can't do it, but you can. I'll pay for it. This is the kingdom. This is how the kingdom works. In the end, and last point, book of Jude, one chapter in this book, raised in a pastor's home. I'd be bragging to my mom and dad every night. I read a whole book in the Bible. It'd be Jude, like nightly. Verse 20, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. This is why we're here this morning. This is why we do what we do. This is what the kingdom is all about. It's not about us. It's about them. On 9-11, thousands and thousands of people were saying to themselves, I have to get out of this building, I have to get down these steps, and I have to get away from here. It's dangerous. I, I, I want to live. I want to survive. I got to get out of here. And then there was a few hundred with this mentality. I got to get over there. I got to get up there. I got to get in there because I might have a chance to snatch somebody from the fire and save them. What an example for us. Stinky hands, bloody hands. Sometimes you're going to get burnt. I can't, I can't say, there's, there's no number for how many times I've been burnt by drug addiction. There's a lot of people that have tried to do ministry and they just don't make it. Any ministry, nursery in a church, and they just, they just feel like they get burned one day and they just give up. What I'm saying to you this morning is the Lord is calling you to do something. Do it. Do it. There's not enough workers in this church. You know how I know? Because every church I ever preached at for the last 35 years, there's not enough workers in the church. The Lord is calling you to do something. Do it. Come on, stand up with me this morning.
we invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, just to come and sweep through this house. Thank you for the testimonies that we have heard. We thank you for the word of life, the bread of life. Would you bow your heads right now? The Bible says to search yourself, examine yourself. It actually says it's better for us to examine and to judge ourselves than for God to do the works. I'm asking you right now, will you just examine yourself, examine your life? Maybe you're here and you drug yourself to church and you've been dragging yourself to church for years, wrapped up in grave clothes. The Lord wants to release you and set you free. You do not have to be a bound up Christian. Maybe you're here and the Lord's just calling you to a deeper work, to do something, and you got burned, and you're like, Brother Mike, I just gave up. I got hurt. My, my hands, I got burnt. I got burnt by the kingdom. Church, church people burned me, and I'm just done, and the Lord's calling you back. He's saying, come on back. Not done with you. Come on back. Would you just, like this, like this with your hands. Will you do that? Just just whisper right now, Lord, I give you my hands. Will you do that? Lord, I give you my body. I give you my hands. I give you my feet. I give you my mind. I give you my spirit. I give you my soul. Use me. Use me.